Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event. So give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view. An endless field of wildflowers. Or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Hi, it's Amy mitland here. Welcome to this edition of the Arsenal Audio Program. Arsenal versus Manchester City, Sunday, February the 21st, 2021. Kickoff, 4.30pm. The contents, the manager, Mikel Arteta. The captain, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Voice of Arsenal. Match action, Arsenal versus Leeds. Player feature, Granit Xhaka. My story, convertible currency. 14 times. Community. Forward Arsenal. Arsenal Academy. Arsenal Women. Visitors Manchester City. My Arsenal and Teams. Manager's Notes. Mikel Arteta. We were left a bit frustrated on Thursday, as I really feel we should have killed off the game in Rome. With the number of chances we created and the dominance that we showed throughout the 90 minutes, you have to say we should be in a much better position going into the second game next week. It comes down to not being ruthless enough in the opponent's box, and then we gave them a goal to take the lead. First of all with their goal, we gave the corner away in an area of the pitch where you cannot play like that. Afterwards, the penalty decision does look harsh. I've seen it again, and I think he touched the ball on his body maybe before it touches his hand. They can be given though, and for me I'm more upset about what led to the corner beforehand in an area we should not be playing than I am with the penalty decision. To be fair though, the reaction from the boys was great. What pleased me after we conceded was the body language I could see from all the boys that we wanted to fight back. At that moment of the game it was important that the players believed in what we should be doing, and that's what we did. We continued playing and passing, we didn't lose the focus, we went for the goal and you could see that we really wanted the win. We deserved the goal. It was a really good goal too, and in fact I think we should have scored two or three more. Bukayosaka scored our goal and he's in a really great moment. He's full of confidence and has been really important in recent results. His form is probably the highest that it's been since I've been here, and he's been really consistent as well. He needs to keep going, but also we need to be wise with him because at the moment he's a big part of the team. We have to protect him and keep the extractions where they should be and I'm not going to put a break on his development or how much he can do week in, week out. We have to support him and give him the best possible advice all the time, and then manage his minutes so he can maintain this level. To be honest, 
It is difficult to manage his minutes right now, because he's been a real threat in every game. He's involved in a lot of goals all the time, and his consistent performances make him a starter, obviously. It's a fine balance, but at the same time, you have to remember he's 19 years old, and we have to protect him. I felt Orba was unlucky not to get a couple of goals too. These things can happen, and he was a real threat. In normal circumstances, he would have scored two or three. It means everything is still to play for next Thursday when we go to Greece for the second leg. The encouraging thing for us is that we caused Benfica lots of problems with our movements and our attacking moments. They like to play with a really high line. It's true that we got caught out by their offside trap a few more times than I would have liked, but I think we got into some great positions and created enough chances to win. That's what we need to take into the second game and believe in our way of playing. So we should be positive going into the second leg. Of course, it's not ideal that we won't be at the Emirates for the game, and it's really difficult to see what that game is going to be like as a home game. We've got to travel to Greece, with no crowd behind us, and everything will be a bit strange. It's up to us to master that, though, and we will go there to win the game. Before that, though, we face Manchester City at home, and at the moment every game is a priority for us. We are not in a position where we can choose between competitions. We want to win every game. We go into every game looking to win and we have a big squad, so let's go for it. City have been unbelievable lately. They look very strong up front and defensively, so this is another test for us. We feel stronger and stronger in every game as well though, and we are on a good run at home, so let's give everything to get the win. Thanks for your support. Captain's Notes, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. I was so pleased to get my first Premier League hat-trick in our last game here at the Emirates. To be honest, I've been thinking about that for a while now. I've played quite a lot of games in the Premier League, so for sure I was definitely trying to get my first hat-trick. There have been a few games where I scored a brace, so just one or two more goals were missing. The other day against Leeds, it was a really good start from the team and I scored my second goal early in that game. After that, I begin to think that maybe today is the day that I get it. I've done it now, so I'm really happy. For sure, it meant a lot to me. I'm a guy who always works hard and tries to give it the best, first for my family and also for the team as well. It's been a tough time for me recently and now it's time to get my smile back, to win games and to score goals. After the game, I made sure all the players signed the ball and then I brought it back home to give it to my kids. So it's with the boys at home now and they are really happy with it. I think I've got about 10 match balls at home so far from my career. But most of all, I was happy with the performance from the team against Leeds. We knew it was going to be a hard game. Leeds are a side who never give up no matter what the score. So they fought a lot. But I think we had a good game management at the end. But they brought it back 4-2 to see out the win. As I said in my last notes, I have had so much support from everybody at the club and that's made me even more proud to be at the club. These goals are for you, for your support and to say thanks. It was a bit different night for me on Thursday. The goals just wouldn't go in. It happens sometimes and I think the main thing is that we can come out of that game with the result and we can build on the second leg to qualify for the next round. We know we've had enough chances in the game to but at the same time, we also know that we could possibly be worse, having gone behind. I thought they were really dangerous on the flanks. 
Bayako's skull was really worked well from Martin to Cedric and then the goal. Now we have to think about Manchester City and the Premier League and carry on the form we showed against Leeds last weekend. We have played City recently, so we know how strong they are, but also we know that we can beat them, like we did in the Cup last season. It's true, though, that at that game we had a different context because it was a Cup game. Now I think they're back in form. And everyone there is doing really well. It's going to be hard to win, but I think we've been playing well too and we need this win to continue our run as well. They are the best team in the league at the moment, so if we can beat them, it would be great for us. That's why we're going to be trying as hard as possible to get that win, especially when we play at home. I think the last time we played them at home, we didn't do so well. We want to put that right because we feel we didn't play our best game that day. And this is now the time to show them that we can really get those three points. As I say, they are doing really well lately, especially when you look at the guys like Gunnigan, who played with him. I played with him in Bursa Dormant, and of course, he was amazing there as well. When I was playing with him, he was the type of guy who could bring you the ball, get you moving forward, and of course, he can score goals as well. I'm not surprised by all his form because he's in a really big team now and he's performing very well. I'm really not surprised at all. I think he's the best when he plays a bit further forward. I remember when he was playing with us in Dortmund, when he came forward with a ball, that was when he was at his best and his most effective. It's what he does really well. But the main thing now is how we play. We have been working hard, preparing well all week, and now it's time to do that and get out there and do our business on the pitch. Voice of Arsenal Goals under Mikel 100 goals Ton up for Arteta Our second goal against Leeds in our last game at the Emirates was the 100th we have scored during the Mikel Arteta reign It came in his 64th game in charge and was scored by Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang the manager's top scorer so far The full breakdown of the century is as follows Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang 26 Alexandre Lacazette, 16. Nicolas Pepe, 11. Eddie Nicotia, 9. Bukeo Saka, 7. Joe Willock, 4. Reese Nelson, 3. Valarin Belogan, 2. Gabriel Magalhaes, 2. Gabriel Martinelli, 2. Emile Smith Rao, 2. Socrates, 2. Kieran Turney, 2. Granite Zaka, 2. Hector Bellerin, 1. Danny Ceballos, 1. Mohamed Elneny, 1. David Luiz, 1. Pablo Mari, 1. Mesut Ozil, 1. Cedric Suarez, 1. Own goals, 3. Virtual Members Quiz. Reckon you know your Aliadieres from your Obermiangs? There's a brilliant Virtual Members Quiz taking place on March 3rd and if you prove to be the ultimate Arsenal anorak, you could win yourself amazing prizes, including a football signed by an Arsenal legend in attendance, an Arsenal shirt signed by the 20-stroke 21 men's first team, £100 Arsenal direct voucher, a ball signed by the men's first team. The quiz will be hosted on Zoom and start at 7.30pm. 
Participants will submit their answers via the Kahoot app. We'll let you know a little secret. The fiendish questions have been devised by the Match Day program team, so it must be good. Register your interest now to take part. There are limited spaces available on a first-come, first-served basis. If you have been successful, you'll receive an email to RSVP after registration. Go to the new section of arsenal.com to enter. Hat-trick heroes. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's hat-trick against Leeds last weekend was the Gunners' 40th Premier League hat-trick, more than any other club. Alba joins an esteemed list of goalscorers that, unsurprisingly, is dominated by a certain French number 14. 1. 11th of September 1993. Ipswich Town, home. K. Campbell. 2. 27th of December 1993. Swindon Town, away. K. Campbell. 3. 5th of March 1994. Ipswich Town, away. I. Wright. 4. 19th of March 1994. Southampton, away. I. Wright. 5. 15th of April 1995. Ipswich Town, home. I. Wright. 6. 16th of September 1996. Sheffield Wednesday, home. I. Wright. 7. 27th of August 1997. Leicester City, away. D. Bergkamp. 8. 13th September 1997. Bolton Wanderers, home. I. Wright. 9. 20th of February 1999. Leicester City, home. N. Anelka. 10. 23rd of October 1999. Chelsea, away. Carnu. 11. 20th of November 1999, Middlesbrough, home, M. Overmars. 12. 9th of December 2000, Newcastle United, home, R. Parler. 13. 26th of December 2000, Leicester City, home, T. Henri. 14. 3rd of March 2001, West Ham United, home, S. Wiltord. 15. 19th of January 2003, West Ham United, home, T. Henry. 16, 7th of May 2003, Southampton, home, R. Pennant. 17, 7th of May 2003, Southampton, home, R. Pires. 18, 11th of May 2003, Sunderland, away, F. Lundberg. 19, 9th of April 2004, Liverpool, Home, T. Henri. 20. 16th of April 2004, Leeds United, home, T. Henri. 4. 21. 5th of March 2005, Portsmouth, home, T. Henri. 22. 2nd of April 2005, Norwich City, home, T. Henri. 23. 14th of January 2006, Middlesbrough, home, T. Henri. 24, 7th of May, 2006, Wigan Athletic, home, T. Henri. 25, 22nd of September, 2007, Derby County, home, E. Adebayor. 26, 28th of April, 2008, Derby County, away, E. Adebayor. 27, 13th of September, 2008, Blackburn Rovers, away, E. Adebayor. 28, 21st of April 2009, Liverpool away, A. Ashavin, 4. 
29. 21st of August 2010. Blackpool, home. T. Walcott. 30. 22nd of January 2011. Wigan Athletic, home. R. Van Percy. 31. 29th of October 2011. Chelsea, away. R. Van Percy. 32. 4th of February 2012. Blackburn Rovers, home. R. Van Percy. 33. 17th of December 2012. Reading, away. S. Cazola. 34. 29th of December 2012. Newcastle United, home. T. Walcott. 35. 24th of May 2015. West Brom, home, T. Walcott. 36, 26 September 2015, Leicester City, away, A. Sanchez. 37, 15th of May 2016, Aston Villa, home, O. Giroud. 38, 3rd of December 2016, West Ham United, A. A. Sanchez. 39, 3rd of February 2018, Everton, home, A. Ramsey. 40. 14th of February 2021. Leeds United. Home. P.E. Aubameyang. Bulgarian. The Right Way. Arsenal Supporters Club Bulgaria have just published the Bulgarian edition of Ian Wright's A Life in Football, My Autobiography. The book will be part of ASCB 2020-2021 Membership Pack. Producing the book was 18 months of hard work. The book was translated by a Bulgarian artist who grew up in London and is a devoted Arsenal fan, edited by two volunteers and is complete with a high-quality cover design and beautifully printed. We are extremely happy with this project, said the ASCB chairman. Ian Wright is one of the most loved Arsenal players and his story is very inspiring. We believe the book will be very well received, not only by the Arsenal supporters but by all football fans in Bulgaria. After Nick Hornby's fever pitch, this is the second book that ASCB has published and promoted as part of their mission to Arsenalise Bulgaria. If you are interested in joining Arsenal Bulgaria or know someone who might be, please go to www.arsenal-bulgaria.com or email chairman at arsenal-bulgaria.com. RefWatch John Moss from West Yorkshire is today's man in the middle and will be officiating his first Arsenal game of the season. John is in his 12th season as a Premier League referee and has officiated 14 matches in the competition this season, showing 36 yellow cards and he has yet to send off a player this season. He has presided over three Manchester City games this season, a 2-1 FA Cup win over Bournemouth and 2-0 league wins over Fulham and Aston Villa. Let's hope his most recent game officiating an Arsenal game is portentous for this afternoon. He was the referee for our 2-0 FA Cup semi-final win over Manchester City on July 18th last year. Arsenal remembers Barry O'Neill Barry's family are sad to announce his passing from Covid-19 aged 55. A lifelong fan who supported the club from childhood, Arsenal was always his team. He will be greatly missed by his wife, Wendy, and children, Becky, Nick, and Laura. Lionel Hayden Dunn, July 27th, 1972, January 1st, 2021. Forever and always a gunner. A beloved father, grandfather, son, brother, football manager, 
and a good friend to many. Rest in peace. Jeremy Hind Sadly passed away January 26, 2021. Loving dad, granddad, great-granddad and friend. Such a kind gentleman who will be sadly missed by all who knew him. Geoffrey Brain 1953-2021 to A lifelong gooner and season ticket holder in the 70s and 80s. He followed Arsenal over land and sea and raised his children in red and white. He will be hugely missed. Bill Saunders, 1953-2020 Sadly passed away on December 28, 2020. A lifelong Arsenal supporter and steward at Highbury for many years. He will be sadly missed by all of his family. R.I.P. Programme ITK Veteran Manchester City midfielder Fernandino opened his goal-scoring account for City against Arsenal when he scored twice in a 6-3 win on December 13, 2013. These two teams have never met on February 21st, the closest being a Premier League meeting on February 22, 2003, with the Gunners winning 5-1 at Main Road. On that occasion, Arsenal were 4-0 up after 19 minutes, and five different players got on the score sheet. Dennis Bergkamp, Robert Pires, Thierry Henry, Sol Campbell, and Patrick Vieira. Manchester City beat Arsenal 4-1 at the Emirates earlier this season in a League Cup tie. Only two teams have ever won away against us twice in the same season. Nottingham Forest in 1987-88 and Aston Villa in 1993-94. This will be Pep Guardiola's 50th Premier League game played on a Sunday with Manchester City. 1-32, drawn 8, lost 9, with the Spaniard winning 65% of those matches, the best win rate by a manager on this day of the week in the competition's history. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has scored 5 goals in his last two Premier League starts, netting twice against Newcastle, followed by a hat-trick against Leeds. The last Gunners player to score 2-plus goals in three consecutive league starts was Derek Tapscott, in March 1956, who scored braces against Portsmouth, Everton and Preston. Arsenal, league champions, 1930 31, 1932-33, 1933-34, 1934-35, 1937-38, 1947-48, 1952-53, 1970-71, stroke 1988-89, stroke 1990-91, stroke 1997-98, stroke 2001-02, stroke 2003-04. Stroke FA Cup winners, 1930, 1936, 1950, 1971, 1979, 1993, 1998, 2002, 2003, 2005, 2014, 2015, 2017, 2020. League Cup winners, 1986-87, Charity Stroke Community Shield winners, 1930, 1931, 1933, 1934, 1938, 1948, 1953, 
1991 shared, 1998, 1999, 2002, 2004, 2014, 2015, 2017, 2020. Fairs Cup winners, 1969-70. stroke European Cup Winners' Cup winners, 1993-94. stroke FA Youth Cup winners, 1996-1971-1988-1994-2000-2001-2009. Arsenal Football Club, 75 Drayton Park, London, N51BU. Telephone 0207-619-5000. Website www.arsenal.com. Email program at arsenal.co.uk. Twitter at AFC Program. Directors Lord Harris of Peckham, Stan Crunker, Josh Crunker, Tim Lewis. Secretary David Miles. Life President Ken Fryer OBE. Chief Executive Officer, Vinay Venkatesham. Technical Director, Edu. Manager, Mikel Arteta. Premier League Match Day 24, 4.30pm, Sunday, February the 14th at the Emirates Stadium. Arsenal 4, Leeds United 2. First half. Despite making five changes, the side was gelling well and it was a nice move that led to the opener. Gabriel, Emile Smith-Rowe and Granit Xhaka were involved but all the hard work was done by Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. He cut in from the left, beat his man, then wrong-footed the keeper with a low finish inside the near post. Bukayo Saka looked to have won a penalty when he was bundled over inside the area. The initial decision was overturned after VAR intervention. Justice was done shortly afterwards when Saka was brought down again in the box, this time by keeper Elan Meslia, who tripped him after being closed down. Aubameyang made no mistake from 12 yards. We were rampant by now, led by Saka. He made another incisive run into the box before the ball fell to Caballos, who threaded a pass through a defender's legs into Hector Bellerin to smash home. Second half. Aubameyang completed his hat-trick soon after the break, heading home Emile Smith-Rowe's floated cross to the far post. Our progress was checked when Leeds pulled one back through a powerful header from Pascal Strujic from an outswinging corner. Leeds were now full of running and further reduced the arrears when Helder Costa smashed home from Tyler Roberts' cutback. But we held on to earn maximum points. Player Feature Granite. Since making his debut in August 2016, Granite Xhaka has made more appearances for Arsenal than any other player. He's the only player to make at least 40 appearances in each of the previous four seasons, and earlier this month he became only the 24th overseas player to reach the 200-game landmark for Arsenal. He certainly experienced his fair shares of highs and lows during that double hundred so far. He's lifted two FA Cups and two Community Shields, scoring some truly memorable goals along the way. But there was the high-profile incident last season 
when he lost the club captaincy after his reaction to being substituted in a home game with Crystal Palace. He's also had to serve a few suspensions since arriving in England, frequently finding his name in referees' notebooks, but he has never once hidden from any challenge he's faced. In fact, he insists every adversity has served to make him stronger, and he's now looking forward with optimism to his next milestone at the club, as he told the Matchday programme this week. First of all, Granite, congratulations on making your 200th appearance. How proud are you of that milestone? Thank you very much. Of course I'm proud, because to play 200 games for this amazing club is something special, not just for me, but for my family and for everyone. Everyone knows how difficult things were for me at certain moments, so to get to 200, I'm really pleased with it. There are only 24 overseas players with 200-plus games for the club. How aware are you of the players that have gone before you? Yes, I've seen the list. The names of the players on there is something to be very proud of. But for me, what I want to do now is add to this number. I'm looking to play many more than 200 games for Arsenal. I don't really have a target, but if you look at my situation, I still have two and a half years left on my contract. So, over that time, I want to play as many games as possible. Hopefully, things will continue to go well, like they are now, so I have no doubt that I can look to the next hundred now. You played 61 times for Basel and 140 games for Borussia Mönchengladbach, so you now have played more times for Arsenal than your previous two clubs combined. Has it gone quickly? I am quite surprised about those numbers, to be honest, because I was at Basel for two and a half years and at Mönchengladbach for four years, and it's only four and a half years at Arsenal. So, to achieve the same in that time makes me proud. It means I don't miss many games here. I also saw the statistic that I started 187 games and only came off the bench for 13. Of course I missed some games when I had small injuries, or because of red cards and suspensions. For example, in my first season, I think I missed seven games because of two red cards. I missed another three this season, so if I didn't take those cards, then I would certainly have played more. What has been your highlight so far? I think the highlight was the first FA Cup trophy. It was the first time I had won a trophy away from Switzerland. It was special being at Wembley, with the fans, the incredible atmosphere. I will never forget it. It was more than special for me. You have scored nine goals from outside the area so far, including that recent free kick against Chelsea. Which was your favourite? If you look at my goals, there are a lot against the big teams. The goal against Chelsea was nice, but maybe, for me, it was the one against Liverpool when we drew 3-3 with them at the Emirates. I scored our second goal to make it 2-2. It was a crazy game, and I think that goal for me is my favourite so far. How much have you changed since your debut in 2016? I arrived like a boy at Arsenal, but now I'm a man. My family has grown. I already have one small kid and another on the way. So, personally, the family Granite Shocker changed but also, as a footballer, of course, you want to improve day by day. I think I've taken something from every coach I've had at this club. 
and I want to keep going like this. You have played under four managers here, including Freddy Lundberg, and you have been important for all of them. Can you tell us about your relationship with them? Yeah, I felt very good with each manager. Of course, you have difficult times too. For example, with Unai when I had the problems with the fans. But the support from the coaches was always there. From Arsene Wenger to Unai to Freddy and now today with Mikel. Of course, you need to work hard to have a good character, have discipline and want to help the team. Every coach has his own opinion. But as you say, I played for all those four coaches and that makes me proud because maybe you will be selected by one or two coaches but to be a regular starter for all four shows me that I am doing something right. Has your role changed between each manager? Well, when I arrived in 2016 I was still young, I was 24 and everything was new for me. I needed to adapt to the team, to the coach, to the country. But day by day, I was improving more and more. Then, year by year, every coach has something different and I always try to take positive things from every coach and add it to my way of playing. You have had some challenging moments too. Do you feel stronger for coming through that? Yes, every time when I faced something negative, I came back stronger. Maybe this is a strange thing in my mentality. I'm not a guy who gives up. Of course, it was not always easy, but yes, I love the club, the people, the staff, the atmosphere at the training ground. Everything I have experienced in my career has made me stronger. You have had some run-ins with the referees in the Premier League too. Have there been difficult moments for you in that respect? Yes, when you watch the Premier League from Germany, you think, oh, OK, in that league you can tackle hard and the referees don't always give it. But then when you come here and start to play in this league, you realise that it's not really like this. Maybe it's changed, I don't know why, but the Premier League always used to be a very physical league, hard in the jewels. In the current squad, only Hector Bellerin has played more games. So do you like to use your experience now and help the young players come through? To be honest for me, it doesn't matter whether you have played 5 games, 200 games or 500. To be a leader, to help the team, is within you. It's in your blood. Not everybody can be a leader. I don't believe you can just decide one day to be a leader. I think you have to have it from the start. You have to have that mentality, so it doesn't matter if you have played 200 games like me and Hector, or 100 like Rob. If you are a leader, then you are a leader without playing any games or 1,000 games. So for me, that number of games doesn't affect leadership. At the other end of the spectrum in terms of appearances is Martin Odegaard. What are your early impressions of him? He's a lovely person. He's very quiet, very professional, and I always see him in the gym doing extra work. Everyone has been speaking about him from when he was 15 years old. I think a lot of big, big clubs wanted him at that age, and he decided to go to Real Madrid. So, to play for Real Madrid, you have to be something special. And he is. He has a great left foot. He's a hard worker, always on the move on the pitch. I'm looking forward to seeing him play more, step by step, and help the team. What have you made of our form generally? 
I think we had a very good start winning the Community Shield, but then we lost some games. Some we deserved to lose, but others we were very unlucky in. But when things aren't going well, you have to stay together. Mikel was unbelievable in that moment, because it was important for us to believe in his philosophy and what he wants. We turned it around for five or six games, but we have to work more on what we want. We are maybe missing something in the last 30 metres of the pitch in front of the goal, and we know that will improve too. We are playing Manchester City today, and we've shown already we are capable of beating the top sides this season. Yes, we know that, but the problem has been that anybody can beat us as well. This is what is making a big difference to the sides at the top like Manchester City. The key to having a good season for everyone is to be consistent. The number of points you go for, you have to take. Of course, you can always lose games, that's football, but sometimes we have been beating the big teams, then the next week we lose a game we should win. If we can change this quickly, we can easily be higher up the table. Finally, there have been more away wins across the league than home wins this season. How have you found it personally playing in empty stadiums? This is not what we want and it's not what football is about. Football is about emotion, it's about fans and it's about atmosphere. But at the moment, how everything is going across the world, this is how it has to be and we have to accept it. But we wish it will change as quickly as possible. Even if we have just a few fans back at first, not full stadiums yet, but some fans there to support us, because when we have that, we are normally very strong at home. I hope it changes back quickly. Granit Xhaka, born Basel, Switzerland, September 27, 1992. Joined Arsenal from Borussia Mönchengladbach on May 25, 2016. Previous clubs, FC Basel, Borussia Mönchengladbach. Debut versus Liverpool, home Premier League, August 14, 2016, lost 4-3. First goal versus Hull City, away. Premier League, September the 17th, 2016, 1-4-1. Overseas players with 200-plus appearances. Dennis Bergkamp, 423. Patrick Vieira, 406. Thierry Henry, 377. Laurent Kozielny, 353. Freddie Lundberg, 328. Carlo Toure, 326. Seth Tribrigas, 303. Robert Pires, 284. Bakary Sagna, 284. Robin Van Persie, 278. Gail Clichy, 264. Masut Ozil, 254. Olivier Giroud, 253. Nacho Monreal, 251. Mathieu Flamini, 246. Tomasz Rosicki, 246. Gilberto, 244. Laurent, 241. Hector Bellerin, 229. Per Saka, 221. Emmanuel Ebue, 214. Alex Song, 204. Granit Xhaka, 202. Jens Lehmann, 200. My story. 
The work of the Arsenal Foundation and the partners and initiatives it supports has touched the lives of a great number of people in a variety of ways. The Arsenal Foundation Emergency Covid Fund has helped supply provisions to Hilltop Community Association Food Hub. Hilldrop Head of Centre Elaine Maffret tells us about it. I'm Islington-born and Tyne-signed mansions next to the town hall. I am very lucky to still live in this wonderful neighbourhood and I've been at Hilldrop since late 2018. Before that, I worked for the Council's Adult and Community Learning Service and my other community centres and services across Islington. My background was in the theatre. I found lots of skills transferable in working in community groups and getting people participating. Hilldrop is usually buzzing with activities seven days a week. With COVID, the place is a lot quieter. But on Tuesdays, we run a food hob through locals to collect food parcels from our garden and we deliver to those who are shielding. We've been doing this throughout the pandemic using surplus food from supermarkets, sourcing funding to purchase items and distributing fantastic donations from local people and businesses. There's still a lot of work out there to ensure our organisations get through this tragic time and in planning the summer to play for our children and families to lift spirits and to bring everyone together again. That's what we're looking forward to do. It's like the best of our food hub that we've set up is like a market stall with bunting and lots of colourful veg so it welcomes everyone and it doesn't stigmatise free food. We present it as an opportunity to minimise food waste and a chance to tackle food poverty by sharing and enjoying and benefits of food. There have been even greater need for food parcels during lockdown when children are at home. We have more than 140 households on our memberships and we are currently supporting up to about 70 a week. That's 120 individuals, a third with whom are children. Our food hub also provides a weekly point of contact. So well with food, we offer activity packs and family information, plus signposting and further support. This winter, it's been even harder for a lot of people. Fuel bills are getting out of control because everybody's stuck at home. It's a choice between heating costs and food. When the Arsenal Foundation awarded us funding, it was enhanced by us, but the fact that the form was non-perishable goods, it would have taken us ages to acquire all that. The Arsenal Foundation, working with his church, really gave us value for money. He also freed up the plan for the food hub to target our hubs such as fruit and veg to complement donation. Football clubs are giants in community leadership and it's so important that we have a presence in supporting our communities through this time. I've worked with Arsenal in the community over the years and I have a lot of respect for the positive role they plan in the development of our neighbourhoods. For more info or to donate, visit hilldrop.org. UK. Convertible currency. Football historian John Sperling looks at the evolution of Arsenal players' positions, past and present. All the talent, all the positions. When Stuart Robson made his Arsenal first team debut at Upton Park as a right back on December 5th, 1981, he joined a raft of other youth team graduates in the Gunners' first eleven, including Chris Wyatt, David O'Leary and Paul Davis. Robson made an assured debut as Arsenal beat West Ham 2-1. Stewart has a wise head on his young shoulders, explained skipper John Hollins afterwards, and his composure and confidence is remarkable given that he's only 17 years old. 
Teammates and commentators were impressed with Robson's boundless energy, physical presence and willingness to bomb forward in a manner similar to left-back Kenny Sampson on the opposite flank. Robson remained at right-back during the freezing winter, but manager Terry Neal then switched John Hollins to right-back and when Robson returned to the first team in the spring, he played in midfield and on a couple of occasions centre-back. Stewart is so versatile that he could function well in most positions, but I think as time moves on, he will play predominantly in midfield, explained manager Terry Neal. That's largely how things played out over the next two seasons. With Arsenal in a state of flux, the likes of John Devine and John Kay flitted in and out of the right-back position, and Robson was in and out of the team due in no small part to the niggling injuries which became more serious as he matured. At the start of the 1983-84 campaign, Robson played at right back until December. But in the spring, new boss Don Howe, Terry Neal was sacked just before Christmas, opted to play Robson in central midfield, where he would stay, injuries permitting, for the next three years. With the Gunners hitting a rich vein of form in the warmer weather, Robson's performances further improved. At almost six foot, he tackled opponents with ferocity and was adept at delivering accurate passes to teammates as the Gunners built another attack. The media began to hype him, and he was tipped to become an England regular before too long, joining his namesake Brian in Bobby Robson's side. His increasing stature was never better illustrated than during the thrilling North London derby at Highbury in April 1984. Not only did he spend a lung-bursting 90 minutes subduing Tottenham's midfield, but he also gave the Gunners the lead in their 3-2 win. Robson played 40 league games during the 1984-85 campaign, as Arsenal blazed a trail at the top of the league in the opening months of the season. Robson later explained, I was at my best during that spell, dovetailing well with Paul Davis and Brian Talbot in midfield. I was in the engine room, as I saw it, and I was injury-free. Robson was voted Arsenal's 1985 Player of the Year, but then injuries began to hamper his progress. In 1985-86, groin and hamstring problems kept him out for extended periods. When George Graham took over as Gunner's boss in summer of 1986, he explained, Players like Stuart Robson are a key part of this club's future, and Robson was singled out for praise by Graham for his performance during Arsenal's victory over Manchester United in the opening game of the 1986-87 campaign. His superlative form saw him called into the England squad for a friendly match against Sweden. But then, as he'd had to do several times before, Robson reluctantly withdrew due to his troublesome groin flaring up once again. A tigerish display in the Highbury clash with Tottenham, the match ended nil-nil, proved to be his last appearance in an Arsenal shirt, and Robson was frozen out of the team. I was bitterly disappointed, of course, and when I heard that West Ham and Everton were competing for my signature, I knew that my time at Arsenal was over. Injuries wrecked his spell at West Ham, whom he joined for £750,000 early in 1987, and Coventry City, for whom he played in the early years of the Premier League. Now in pain for much of the time, Robson, who won West Ham's Player of the Year award in 1988, was forced to retire in 1995. 
for this versatile right-back come central midfielder who never did win that elusive England cap, it was a case of so near yet so far. Cesar's Salad Days Pitched in at right-back in December 1985 due to an injury to Viv Anderson, Arsenal youth team graduate Gus Cesar couldn't have made a better start to his league career. On his debut, the Gunners defeated Manchester United 1-0 at Old Trafford and Cesar kept United's Danish winger Jesper Olsen under control throughout the game. When the Londoners followed up with another fine display against Queen's Park Rangers a few days later, manager Don Howe predicted a bright future for Cesar. Anderson's return to the first team lineup saw Cesar disappear back into the reserves, but the 20-year-old impressed new boss George Graham with his willingness to play in whatever position he was asked whether it was central defence or midfield. At the tail end of the 1987-88 season, following David O'Leary's Achilles tendon injury, Cesar was slotted into central defence. But some shaky displays, especially in the 1988 League Cup final against Luton Town, convinced Graham that the unfortunate Cesar was not a long-term first-team option. Fourteen times. Fourteen appearances for Arsenal. Last August, we'd lifted the FA Cup for a record-extending 14th time. But it's not just our rich, illustrious history and football's oldest knockout competition that is synonymous with the number 14. A total of 880 players have so far played for the Arsenal first team, and seven of them made exactly 14 appearances. There are 345 players who didn't make as many as 14 appearances for the side. The seven who played 14 times are Reg Kumner, a Wales international winger, Kumner would certainly have made more appearances for the club were it not for the outbreak of World War II. Having signed from Arsenal's nursery club, Margate, in May 1935, aged 17, he made his first-team debut in the 1938-39 season, scoring our only goal in an away win over Wolves. Just a week later, he played in our charity shield win over Preston North End, meaning he won a trophy in his third appearance. Overall, he played 13 times that season, ending with two goals in what was the final campaign before the wartime hiatus. He served for the Royal Marines during the war, and played his last game for the Gunners in the 1945-46 season. He goes down in history as the only Arsenal player to score in a two-legged FA Cup match, scoring our consolation in a 6-1 aggregate defeat to West Ham. George Curtis Another player who had his career interrupted by the war, Curtis also joined Arsenal from Margate as a 17-year-old, then met his debut late in the 1938-1939 season. He was a corporal during the war and played his final 12 games after the resumption of league football in 1946-47. He was then bought by Southampton in 1947 for £8,000 and later had a successful coaching career, including for England youth and the Norway and Qatar national teams. John Kay 
Fullback Kay made his 14 appearances in the 1982-83 and 1983-84 seasons, filling in when needed at right-back. He was 18 years old when he made his debut in a goalless draw with West Brom in Division 1 and played seven Division 1 matches in each of his two seasons before joining Wimbledon for £25,000 in July 1984. He was North of England 200-metre sprint champion as a schoolboy. Stefan Maltz, German midfielder Waltz, was brought to the club by Arsene Wenger in 1999 from 1860 Munich and scored on his debut against Preston in the League Cup in October of that year. He made 11 appearances in all competitions in that debut season, scoring once in the Premier League in a 4-2 defeat at Newcastle on the final day. Three days later, he was an unused sub in the UEFA Cup final defeat to Galatasaray. He made just three sub-appearances the following season before leaving for FC Kaiserlautern back in Germany. Tommy Mead, London-born centre-forward Mead, joined the club's youth ranks as a teenager before making his debut in our only second season as a league club in 1894-95. He was just 17 at the time, and then scored his first goal in his second outing against Newcastle in January 1895. He missed the whole of the next season, but played 11 times in 1896-97, netting six more goals to take his overall tally to seven from 14 games, all as a teenager. He signed for Tottenham Hotspur before the local rivalry had started in May 1897. Ignacy Mikel Having joined the Arsenal Academy at the age of 16, central defender Mikel progressed through the ranks before making his debut in February 2011, aged 18, against Leighton Orient in the FA Cup fifth round. He also played in the replay at the Emirates before making his Premier League debut against Liverpool and Champions League debut against Olympiacos the following season. He scored his only senior goal for the club in a home league win over Coventry in 2012-13, but after a loan spell at Leicester, he left the club permanently for Norwich City in 2014. William Sharp All of Sharp's 14 appearances came at outside left during the 1894-95 season, and he netted four goals for Woolwich Arsenal that campaign. He joined from Loughborough Town in May 1894, having previously played for Newton Heath, the original name of Manchester United, but was back on the move just a year later when he signed for Glossop North End. Community. Arsenal and Crib. The success of the programmes we deliver is underpinned by strong relationships with strategic partners. As part of our PL Kicks targeted work, we have developed a valuable partnership with the Camden Reintegration Base, CRIB, that is located at Haverstock School in Chalk Farm. The CRIB is aimed at students who may benefit from a specialist intervention, but is particularly aimed at those who are at risk of exclusion. Students are referred to the CRIB from secondary schools across Camden and are taught national curriculum subjects by specialist teachers as well as character development and awareness sessions and personalised therapeutic support that is delivered by outside agencies including Arsenal, CAMHS and Camden YOS. Crib manager Jamie Histed takes up the story. 
We work very closely with Steve and Tilly from Arsenal in the community. They come in twice a week to deliver accredited courses in subjects such as leadership, conflict resolution and resilience. The students really look forward to the sessions and it's also a huge bonus that the students come away with incredible qualifications to add to their CV. We are very proud of the programme as the consequences of students being permanently excluded has such a negative effect on a young person's future prospects. Haverstock assistant head teacher Dennis Deneen said the partnership with Arsenal has been fantastic and been part of successful outcomes for students. This can be evidenced by the fact that over the last two years, 85% of students who attended the crib have been able to successfully return to their mainstream schools and have continued their education in school or at college. Crib Behaviour Support Officer Jasmine Thomas commented, The Arsenal programme has really helped our students move forward towards reaching their potential. The sessions are really engaging and we have seen students really turn around their behaviour. One of the major successes was having Tilly come in to support with mentoring. It was really beneficial for the female students to have someone who fully understood the problems that they were trying to overcome and act as a positive role model that they could look up to. Forward Arsenal, Thomas Partey. Arsenal Football Club prides itself on always looking forward, so we're asking our players to gaze into the future to see what's on the horizon. Have you settled into a weekly routine since you arrived in London? Yes, I have. When I was back in Spain, what I liked to do was to go out most weeks to eat, mostly with my agent because he's a close friend as well. Also, I like to go shopping, go for a walk when I can, but of course now, with the situation we are living with at the moment, it's a bit more difficult to do those things. So since I've been here, I've been watching movies at home. I've also talking a lot with my family and friends whenever I can. I've got a place I'm living in at the moment, and as soon as I can, I will look for somewhere else. But I'm very happy with this place at the moment. What's your week-to-week schedule been like since joining Arsenal? Well, unfortunately, I was injured for a month. So recently, in that time, I've been working mainly on my rehab and I've had a training schedule that I stick to. I also spend a lot of time watching my team play, because that's been very useful. Rather than watching the opposition, I prefer to watch us, to see how the midfielders in my team play, the movement of the strikers, how the defenders play when I'm not playing, and I'm thinking of ways to actually make things easier for my teammates. So mostly, I don't watch other teams, unless they are playing just before we do. But normally, I prefer to watch my teammates. Is your preparation for games at Arsenal similar to what you were used to at Atletico Madrid? Yes, there are a lot of things that are similar, like going on with a team to the hotel the night before, having meetings and that kind of thing. But it's a different kind of football. Tactically, we do a different kind of work. We like to press higher, for example. It's a different kind of game. We always want to keep the ball, so the preparation is different in that way, tactically but the routines are very similar. Have you thought about what to do after your playing career? Yes, I have lots of plans because I know it isn't going to last forever. I love football and I always be part of it and in my life, so I'd like to stay close to it and include in it what I do. So maybe I would like to coach or something else, whatever keeps me close to the game. I haven't started any coaching qualifications yet, but I've planned for some good coaches in my career and I've played with them and. I feel that I've worked well since I was young. I try and learn a lot from them and I'm sure that before I end my career, 
I will be able to know more about coaching. Have you thought about what sort of coach you would like to be? Well, I'd like to be a good manager, of course. That's a dream for everybody who goes into coaching after retiring. We have lots of those now, like Lampard, Gerard, and Mikel. All those played in midfield and are now coaches. So it's a dream to be like them when I finish. But at the moment, I want to achieve everything that I can before retiring. What are your ambitions before retiring? Well, what I want to do is achieve things that nobody has ever done before at whatever club I'm at. At Arsenal, I want to win trophies. That's a dream of all our players. We want to have the success. We want to win trophies. For my country, I want to make Ghana known and make us one of the most important countries in the world. That's what it's all about, winning trophies. That's my ambition. How about away from football? Do you have any ambitions there? Well, I have a club in Spain where I'm trying to bring more players from Africa and other countries where they're unable to show their talent. Also, back home in Ghana, I have a foundation and I want to make that bigger. I want to be able to help young guys who want to play to achieve their dreams. Normally, I do work on the end of the season. My father takes care of it because of the former footballer as well. He loves the game, so he takes care of that because it's difficult to travel at the moment. And of course, I haven't been back there for a year and a half. But I'm usually there quite often. But before COVID, I can't really do that now. What else do you think you'd like to do when you finish playing that you can't do now? I'd like to study. I'd like to get a degree, a administrative or a business degree maybe. The course that teaches you more about business and the life you live. I want to start as soon as I've got a plan. I want to get a place where I can study wherever I'm free and hopefully can fit around my football schedule. Where do you live when you finish playing? I've got no plans yet. Maybe that will change when I have a family of my own. That's when I'll make that decision. What countries would you like to visit more? I've been to Israel and I like that. I would like to go back to see more of that and the USA as well. A lot of Asian countries too. Lots of them. Finally, you are told there is a spare seat on the next trip to the International Space Station. Do you go? No, I'm not going. I'm scared of heights and things like that. I think I'm happy down here on the Earth. Developing strong young gunners. In this issue, Young Gun, Remy Mitchell. Match reports. Two more PL2 matches. News. Latest loan deals. Remember, Vonte Daly Campbell. Stats, results and fixtures. Young Gun. Remy Mitchell talking to Aidan Small. Born Hackney, January 20th, 2004. Height and weight. 6 foot 1 inch and 80 kilos. Position, goalkeeper. School, Forest School. Signed for Arsenal at under nines in 2012. Like any other kid, I started playing football for that feeling of scoring goals. But just like every other youth football team, there came a time when we needed a goalkeeper, and I was that kid who decided to put his hand up. That's where it all started, really. My dad was a goalkeeper too, but funny thing is that he wanted me to play outfield, because who really wants to be a goalkeeper? As it turns out, me. I've always loved throwing myself around the pitch, and to be honest, once I became a keeper, that was that. I didn't think about being outfield again. It's just something I loved doing. And even as a kid, of course I'd dream and wonder how far I could go, 
but above all else, it's just something I love doing, and that would be the case at any level. Generally speaking, I think goalkeeper is the position that people in youth football, and even some adult Sunday teams, always thinks, who cares, you can just throw anyone in there. But for me, it's one of the most important positions on the pitch. Your team can completely dominate a game for 90 minutes, and deserve all three points. But if you're not focused for that final kick of the game, and their first shot on target, it all counts for nothing. All that hard work undone in a split second. So how did I join Arsenal? Once I realised I was quite good at goalkeeping, I started going to goalkeeper training every week when I was seven, and then I joined a Sunday team shortly after. The keeper training was with a guy called Martin Edwards, and he knew the keeper coaches at Arsenal and Leighton Orient. Anyway, he watched my development over two years and eventually recommended me to Arsenal, and I was invited on a trial. But I had no idea about it, literally no clue. My dad kept it all hidden from me, because he didn't want to put me under pressure. I just remember him taking me to Arsenal, and saying that it's a treat for playing really well. I completely believed him. I'm so glad he did that, though, because I'm a massive Arsenal fan, and it probably would have gone to my head. My dad is a lifelong gooner as well so he was probably saying it for himself too. He told me that it was just for fun, and that I could go out there and just play my usual game. I think more parents should do it, to be honest. When you're on trial as a kid, there's always the danger that you try too hard to impress, and suddenly you're playing in a completely different way to how you normally would, whereas I just treated it like any other day because that's all I thought it was. But that feeling of signing for Arsenal, wow! I know it's cheesy, but it was a dream come true for me, and I'm still living that dream today. I couldn't ask for anything more. Still to this day, I turn up to the gates at Colney sometimes and just think I'm so lucky to be here. I try to remind myself of that whenever I make a step forward in my career because it's important to feel proud of what you've achieved. As for this season, I was really pleased to make my first under-18 appearance of the season against Crystal Palace last month. But it wasn't my debut. That happened back in 2018 when I was still just 14. Crazy, right? I'll never forget that. I was training at Hale End at the time because I was still so young. But then I got a call from Colney and the coach told me I'm going to start on the Saturday. I'd never even been to Colney before or training with the under-18s. Yet here I was about to start a game. My mind was blown. I don't think I even understood just how big of a moment it was until the day arrived. The coaches told me that there was no pressure whatsoever and that I just need to treat it as a learning experience. But obviously I felt the pressure. It's all well and good having everyone tell you that it doesn't matter how you play, but it mattered to me. I wanted to impress. That was also my first experience of the exposure you get online when you're playing for the under-18s. There were tweets and posts about it all over social media, but it was important for me to stay grounded. Of course, it was nice to see all that support from Arsenal fans around the world, but the most valuable thing it gave me was confidence in myself when I returned to Hell End. I wanted to kick on, learn more and improve as a player, and I think it served me well since then. Now I just want more of those moments. Rate yourself. Marks out of 100. Diving, 87. Handling, 95.
Kicking, 90. Reflexes, 89. Speed, 75. Positioning, 90. Remy Mitchell, Lowdown. Earliest memory of football. Playing football with my cousin at Highbury Fields at Chris's Club. Got me into playing football. My dad. First footballer I looked up to. Gianluigi Buffon. Favourite football owned. The Arsenal Maroon home kit from 2005-06. Best friend in football. Henry Jeffcott. Team supported as a child. Arsenal. Best goal of all time. Ronaldo's overhead kick versus Juventus. Best player I've faced. Sam Illing. Another sport I'm good at. Cricket. Best game I've played. The quarter-final of the PL Cup versus Newcastle. I saved three penalties. One stadium I'd like to score in. The Bernabeu. The important non-playing attributes for young footballers are patience and persistence. Best moment of my career so far. Making my debut for the under-18s when I was 14. One type of goal I'd like to score. A goal kick or from my own half. A player to score a one-on-one to save my life. Cristiano Ronaldo. If you could change position, I'd be a striker. Best training ground tip I've been given. Do anything to keep the ball out of the net. Favourite training drill. Quick-fire shooting drills with the attackers. Ambitions this season away from the pitch. Get my driver's licence and get A's in my A-levels. Biggest lesson learnt off the pitch at Arsenal. Visiting lots of different countries, you learn about different cultures. Me. Favourite footballer of all time, Cristiano Ronaldo. If I could be any footballer, past or present, I would be Manuel Neuer. Favourite follow on Instagram, versus Most played Spotify artist, 24K Golden. Favourite musician right now, J. Cole. Favourite trainers of all time, Off-White Jordan 4S. Favourite pre-match song, Eminem, You Lose Yourself. Best football attribute, distribution. One thing I need on an away day, my PS4 with FIFA. One thing I want to do in my football career, win the Champions League. First team player I look up to most, Bukayo Saka. Player who shaped my game most, Martin, my first ever coach who taught me how to be a goalkeeper. Best thing about being at Arsenal, it's the best club in the world. Something not many people know about me. I've played county cricket and tennis. Around the academy. Will definitely make it. Charlie Patino. Most skills. Amari Hutchinson. Best passing range. Charlie. Best touch. Marcelo Flores. Most double-footed. Kiddo Taylor Hart. Would-be best manager. Brooke Norton Cuffey. Most committed. Ovi Echeheri. Strongest, Mauro Bandiera. Captain material, Taylor Foran. Funniest, Jack Francis. Most confident, Mauro. Better than they think they are, James Sweet. Hidden talent, Marcelo Flores. Can do anything acrobatic, front flips, back flips, etc. Academy match reports, Premier League 2, Friday, February 5th, Meadow Park. Arsenal 2, Nelson 29, Patino 81, penalty, Chelsea 2, 
Fallow, 11, Lewis, 32. Arsenal, under 23. Hein, Alebusu, Dinzei, Kirk, Lopez, Akinola, Taylor Hart, 82nd minute, Patino, Cottrell, Moller, Nelson, Balogan. Subs not used. Smith, Oyegoke, Sirjan, Ogumbo. Our under-23s extended their unbeaten run to seven Premier League two games with a 2-2 draw against Chelsea at Meadow Park. Steve Ball's side went into the game in good form but found themselves behind at the break, following two first-half goals from the Blues. Tiano Ballo opened the scoring after 11 minutes for the visitors before Reese Nelson dispatched an impressive free kick to level the scores. Chelsea struck back just three minutes later, though, as Marcel Lewis shot from long range to beat Karl Hein low down to his right to see us trailing at half-time. After the interval, both sides had the chance to add to their tallies, and the Gunners had Hein to thank for an impressive save to keep us in the game at 2-1. Lewis Barté fired a precise free kick over the wall, only to see it expertly saved by our Estonian keeper. As the clock ran down, Charlie Patino stepped up to grab a vital equaliser. Nelson broke clear with the ball from deep, and after a good tackle by Levi Colwell, it fell to Patino, whose deflected long-range effort levelled the scores. It was the 17-year-old's first ever goal at under-23, and his second of the season after netting in the FA Youth Cup back in December. Premier League 2, Friday, February 12th, Lee Sports Village. Manchester United 3, Neville 22, Huggill 59, Shortiri 89, Arsenal 0, Arsenal under 23, Okonkwo, Alibusu, Oyegoke, Kirk, Lopez, Ogungbo 83, Akinola, Sirjan 82, Patino, Dinzei 12, Cottrell, Moller, Balogan, Taylor Hart. Subs not used. Smith, Lewis. Our seven-game unbeaten run came to an end in the Premier League too as we were beaten by Manchester United. Arthur Okonkwo returned in goal and made a number of impressive saves, while kiddo Taylor Hart replaced Rhys Nelson on the left wing. We made a confident start to the game, but with a searching pass behind our defence, Hannibal Medjberry won a penalty after drawing a foul from Daniel Oyegoke, who was shown a straight red card. Joe Huggle stepped up to fire United into an early lead, only to see his tame effort saved by Okonkwo. It didn't take long for United to make their one-man advantage count, though, as Harvey Neville, son of Phil, latched onto a cutback and finished into the bottom corner. We held on for the remainder of the first half, maintaining our shape at the back, but on the hour mark, Huggill made up for his missed penalty by converting at the near post between Okawonko's legs. Shola Shortire then went on to make it three in the 89th minute, winning a penalty before converting from the spot. Academy News Best of luck, Joseph. Joseph Olovu has joined National League Southside Wheelstone on loan for the remainder of the 2020-21 season. The 21-year-old defender joined the Arsenal Academy aged 13 from Charlton Athletic. The Arsenal Academy graduate developed through our youth development ranks. He captained our under-18 side 
before making his debut for our under-23s in June 2017. His development was recognised and he signed his first professional contract in December 2017. Last year, Joseph joined League of Ireland Premier Division side Cork City on loan. Everyone at the club looks forward to seeing his continued development and wishes Joseph the best of luck for his time at Wheelstone. Keep up the hard work, James. James Oleinka has extended his loan with Southend United until the end of the 2020-21 season. Oleinka has featured 16 times for the Blues this season and scored three vital goals. His first was a brilliant solo effort against Boreham Wood in the Emirates FA Cup, while the second was the winning goal in a 1-0 victory over Scunthorpe United. One week later, Oleinka found the top corner away to Mansfield Town with an exquisite finish. The 20-year-old unfortunately suffered ankle ligament damage against Grimsby Town back in January, but he's currently making good progress in his recovery. Congratulations, Zach. Zach Awe has signed his first professional contract with the club. The 17-year-old centre-back has made nine appearances for our under-18s this season and he recently made his debut for our under-23s in a 6-0 win against Blackburn Rovers. The England youth international is known for his composure in possession and his ability to push forward into midfield. We congratulate Zach on his first professional contract and look forward to supporting him with his continued development. Lone Watch, Arsenal Academy Defender Zek Medley made his third appearance for Kilmarnock last week, playing the entirety of their 1-0 defeat to Rangers. Ryan Jack's first half strike was enough to settle the match. 20-year-old centre-back Mark McGuinness played the full 90 minutes, but couldn't prevent Ipswich losing 2-1 away to Peterborough in League 2. Ipswich took the lead in the opening exchanges through James Norwood, but second-half strikes from Johnson, Clark Harris and Joe Ward saw the hosts leave with all three points. Joseph Oluwu made his debut for Wheelstone last Tuesday in a 1-1 draw with Torquay United. Oluwu played the full 90 minutes as Mendy fired the visitors into the lead ahead of the break, before Billy Waters equalised deep into stoppage time. Academy Illumini catching up with former Arsenal Academy players as they continue their pro careers away from Emirates. Vonte Daly-Campbell Congratulations to Vonte Daly-Campbell, who made his first team debut for Leicester City in a 1-0 win over Brighton earlier this month. A member of the Arsenal Academy from the age of eight, Vonte became a scholar in 2017 in the same cohort as Falarin Balogun, and went on to play 43 under-18 games for the Gunners, scoring twice, predominantly at right-back. At the end of his scholarship, he opted to join Leicester City for the start of the 2019-20 season. The England under-19 international became a regular in the Foxes' PL2 team in his first season, and has really made a breakthrough this term. Vonte, a fast attack-minded right-back, has played four EFL trophy games in 2020-2021 so far, as well as the aforementioned FA Cup match. Now aged 19, he has also been in the first team squad for Leicester's last three Premier League squads. Good luck for the future, Vonte. Arsenal Women 
News and reports from England's most successful women's football team. International Roundup. We reported on Leah Williamson, Jordan Nobbs and Lotta Wood-Moy being called up for Heggie Reza's England squad in the Leeds programme. Since then, a number of other Arsenal women have been summoned to play for their countries during the February international break. The Netherlands are involved in games against two bitter rivals, Belgium and Germany. The match against Belgium took place on Thursday in Brussels, and the home game against Germany takes place this Wednesday night in Venlo. Three Arsenal players have been selected for these games. Vivian Maidema, who holds the goal-scoring record for the Dutch with 70 goals in 91 games, Jill Ruard, 58 games, 8 goals, and Daniela van der Donk, who is now ninth in the list of all-time appearances, with 108 appearances, 24 goals. Malin Gurt, Noel Maritz and Leah Walty were all selected for Switzerland's two friendly fixtures against France, one of which was played yesterday, the second is this Tuesday. Both games are being played in Metz. Leah captains the Swiss and has 84 caps for her country, scoring five goals. Noel is also a seasoned international with 80 caps, one goal, while 20-year-old Marlin has only just broken into the national team and has eight caps. Lastly, Jan Beattie and Lisa Evans have been called up for the latest Scotland squad. Interim coach Stuart McLaren's team, appointed following the departure of Shelley Kerr, play Cyprus and Portugal in the UEFA Women's Championship qualifiers. The game against Cyprus took place on Friday with Portugal playing Scotland on Tuesday. Both of these matches are being played in Cyprus. Both players are hugely experienced. Jen has a remarkable 130 caps and 23 goals, with Lisa having represented her country 85 times, scoring on 17 occasions. Good luck on your international adventures, girls. Villa match postponed. Last weekend's WSL match against Aston Villa at Walsall's FC Bank Stadium was postponed due to a frozen pitch. It was one of many fixtures on the football calendar that succumbed to the extremely wintry conditions last Saturday and Sunday. The game has been rearranged for Sunday, February the 28th, and will kick off at 2pm. The Visitors, Manchester City, by Mike Hammond. Formed 1880 as St Mark's and 1894 as Manchester City. Nickname City, Citizens and the Sky Blues. Stadium, the City of Manchester Stadium, holds 55,070. Honours, First Division Premier League winners, 1936, 1967-2011-2013-2017-2018. Second Division Championship winners, 1898, 1902, 1909, 1927, 1946, 1965, 2001. Third Division League One playoff winners, 1998, 99. FA Cup winners, 1904, 1934-1956, 1969-2011-2019. Football League Cup winners, 1970, 1976, 2014, 
2016, 2018, 2019, 2020. Charity Shield winners 1937, 1968, 1972, 2012, 2018, 2019. Owner City Football Group. Chairman Al Mubrak. Twitter followers 9.1 million. Instagram 22.5 million. Facebook 40.1 million. For the first half of this season, the battle for the Premier League title looked to be won by the most exciting and closely fought for many years, with several clubs toppling the table at one stage or another. But in recent weeks, Man City have stolen the march on all their rivals. Another victory on Wednesday night over Everton at Goodison Park, thanks to goals from Foyden, Mraz and Bernard Silva, propelled them to 10 points clear at the top, ahead of the closest pursuers Manchester United and Leicester City. With champions Liverpool having fallen away dramatically since the turn of the year, City have rediscovered the sort of relentlessness form that they produced when edging the Merseysiders to the title two seasons ago, with a final tally of 98 points. And indeed, that Liverpool themselves demonstrated in amassing 99 points, 18 more than runners-up City in last season's campaign. The convincing 3-1 midweek win over Everton was the Citizens' 12th consecutive win in the Premier League. Ten of them, a stunning 4-1 win at Anfield two weeks ago, that had the look of the feel of the symbolic handover of power. That 3-1 win at Goodison secured without the services of informed midfielder Gunungian and also City's 17th successive win in all competitions for record for an English top-flight club. The second game of that remarkable sequence was their 4-1 win against Arsenal at the Emirates Stadium in the quarter-final of the Carabao Cup, a game in which Gabriel Jesus, Malaf Fuden and Emmerich Lapeur were all on the target for Pep Guardiola's side. City beat Manchester United 2-0 at Old Trafford in the semis and will face Spurs in the final on April the 25th, aiming to lift the trophy for a record-equalling fourth year in a row. City won the domestic treble two seasons ago, and will fancy their chances of repeating the unprecedented feat this term. FA Cup wins against Birmingham, away to Cheltenham and Swansea, having booked the return trip to Goodison to face Everton in next month's quarter-final. Before then, however... Guardiola's men have a Champions League round 16 tie against Brussian Mecklenburg to negotiate, with the first leg set to take place in a neutral Budapest this coming Wednesday. Whilst winning Europe's flagship City competition remains City's holy grail, they have yet to reach the final with the Champions League, been eliminated in the quarter-final stage of each of the last three seasons. They have probably improved their chances this season thanks to their recent run on the domestic front, which offers them the possibility of prioritising the European games further down the line. But the Premier League's title race is not yet over and City will be eager to add another three points to their total against the Arsenal side that have already beaten twice this season. First time with a 1-0 home win in the league back in October. Premier League record. AFC wins 23 draws 10, Manchester City wins 14, Arsenal percentage 49, all-time record, Arsenal Football Club wins 98, 45 draws, Man City Football Club wins 59, Arsenal win percentage 49, 
There have been 11 red cards shown this fixture in the Premier League, 8 for City and 3 for the Gunners. Three Arsenal have missed three of the four penalties that have been awarded against Man City in the Premier League. Guhungan's tally of 13 goals so far this season for City is easily the best return of his career. His previous tally was six in seasons 2017-18 to and 2018-19, both at City. Scouting report by Michael Cox. If the Premier League title race seemed unpredictable before Christmas, it suddenly feels like formality. Man City had been running away with it, despite or maybe all because of Pep Guardiola's lack of centre-forward in recent weeks. Sergio Aguero has been out injured, although he was fit enough to be on the bench for the victory over Tottenham last weekend. With Jesus, who had been unavailable at times, but not particularly prolific when he's been fit. This means Guardiola has sometimes used the strikerless system, which has caused opponents serious problems. Guardiola has done something similar many times before, of course, but this approach feels more fluid than ever. In the recent 4-1 win over Liverpool, Foden started as a central attacker. Also, while popping out on the left and the right, meanwhile, Sterling played from the left flank and moved inside into goal-scoring positions, while Marez stayed on the right and attempted to cut inside to shoot with his left foot. The real story has been with central midfield, where City have continued to excel even without Kevin De Bruyne, who only made his comeback from injury on a sub on Wednesday night. Bernardo Silva is capable of starting as a number 10 and then dropping deep into the control possession. But the real revelation has got to be Ike Gunnugan, who has suddenly become more prolific goalscorer in central midfielder. Internally popping up late in the penalty box to provide close-range finishes from cutbacks, he is the league's top goalscorer over the past two months. In turn, he's been free to play that role because City back Kaleno, who has been outstanding form. Not merely as the overlapping fullback, but as a supplementary central midfielder, moving inside to become genuinely deep-lying playmaker. That means that Roddy or Fernandinho have licence to drop back to the centre of defence, allowing the centre-backs to spread wide. At times, the movement is majestic, the difficult for opponents to track, the rest of the defence too, in a fine form. John Stones looks rejuvenated and is capable of fulfilling more traditional right-back zones you'd normally expect of Kalilo. And the sturdy Robert Dyer seems to have found his ideal partner, with previous first choice Amarek Lepur now considered a backup. Carl Walker still plays a part. He used to be the centre-back to cope with Pierre Amarek or Bamiyang's speed in the reverse fixtures, while the left-back Scott can be accompanied by the speedy overlapper Mendy in drifting playmaker Sahito the ultra-versatile Kalido, or even Lepore, who has a more solid option. Behind then, Emerson sweets up effortly to play a big booming passes straight to the forwards. Gardinio has created some excellent teams in the past, but in the terms of unpredictability and rotations of position, this might be the, his most fascinating yet. <laughs> My Arsenal Name Hugo Manuel Age 18 Live in Dorking, Surrey Occupation Apprentice at Dorking Wanderers FC Type of Membership 
digital. Why are you an Arsenal fan? My granddad is a loyal Arsenal supporter and inspired me to become a gunner. Certainly made the right choice. This club has inspired me to fulfil my passion in working in sports media. First game. One of the first games I can remember is when I was mascot against Olympiakos in the Champions League in 2011. Walking out onto the pitch with the BFG, Per Mertesacker, is a moment I'll never forget. Favourite game. Arsenal 2, Leicester City 1, 2016. When Danny Welbeck scored the winning goal. I don't think I've ever celebrated a goal so much and at that point I thought we could possibly win the league. Match day routine before kick-off. I live in Dorking, so it's roughly an hour or so on the train. I always visit the armoury and grab a match day programme before the game. Then I enter the ground, get some food and watch the warm-ups take place. How do you feel when you approach the ground? I only get to the Emirates once or twice a season, so it makes the occasion that bit more special. I'm always buzzing when approaching the ground. Best place in the stadium to watch a game from. I always look for tickets in the North Bank. Favourite away ground. Villa Park. Proper old school ground and always an electric atmosphere. Favourite piece of memorabilia. Arsene Wenger. 20 years managing Arsenal badge set. I collect old Arsenal programmes. Some dating back to the 1980s. And many copies from recent years. My dad has some dating back to the 1930s. Whose name and number do you have on your shirt? Thomas Partey. I think he'll be an excellent signing, and he has made an impact this season already. So, commanding and calm on the ball. Favourite ever Arsenal shirt? The 2005-06 home shirt. Favourite all-time player? Has to be Thierry Henry. The amount he contributed to this club. Definitely one of the best goal scorers of all time. Best goal you've ever seen live. Aaron Ramsey versus Fulham. We won 5-1 at Craven Cottage. It was a brilliant team goal. Have you ever met any Arsenal players? I've met a few through junior gunner events. It was a great pleasure meeting the likes of Santi Cazorla and Mikel Arteta. If you could erase one Arsenal moment from history, what would it be? The Champions League final in 2006. It was truly devastating, but I have a feeling that a European trophy could be coming home soon. If you could play in any Arsenal team in history, which would it be? I'd have to say the Invincible team. Not quite sure where I would play though. Teams for Arsenal, manager Mikel Arteta. Red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts and socks. 1. Bernd Leno, goalkeeper. 2. Hector Bellerin. 3. Kieran Tierney. 6. Gabriel. 7. Pokeo Saka. 8. Dani Ceballos. 9. Alexandre Lacazette. 11. Martin Odegaard. 12. Willian. 13. Alex Runason, goalkeeper. 14. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. 16. Rob Holding. 17. Cedric Suarez. 18. Thomas Partey. 19. Nicolas Pepe. 21. Callum Chambers. 
22. Pablo Mori 23. David Lewis 24. Rhys Nelson 25. Mohamed Elnani 30. Eddie Nkitia 32. Emil Smith-Rowe 33. Matt Ryan, goalkeeper 34. Granit Xhaka 35. Gabriel Martinelli 38. Follerin Balogun 41. Ben Cottrell 66. Miguel Aziz For Manchester City, manager Pep Guardiola Black and blue shirts, black shorts and blue socks 2. Kyle Walker 3. Ruben Diaz 5. John Stones 6. Natanaka 7. Raheem Sterling 8. Ilke Gundogan 9. Gabriel Zejus 10. Sergio Aguero 11. Alexandra Zinchenko 13. Zach Seffen, goalkeeper 14. Emerick Laporte 16. Rodrigo 17. Kevin De Bruyne 20. Bernardo Silva 21. Ferran Torres 22. Benjamin Mendy 25. Fernandinho 26. Riyad Mahrez 27. Joad Cancelo 31. Edison, goalkeeper 33. Scott Carson, goalkeeper 34. Philippe Sandler 47. Phil Foden 48. Liam Delap 50. Eric Garcia 61. Felix and Mecher 69. Tommy Doyle 80. Cole Palmer 81. Claudio Gomez 82. Adrien Bernabe Match officials, referee Jonathan Moss Assistant referees Mark Perry, Daniel Robuthan Fourth official Andre Maidley VAR Peter Banks Assistant VAR Timothy Wood Today's other fixtures West Ham United vs Tottenham Hotspur at 12pm Aston Villa vs Leicester City 2pm Manchester United vs Newcastle United at 7pm The Arsenal Foundation helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Arsenal. Ready for Arsenal. This is family. New 2021 third kit. On sale in store and online. Reconnect in comfort and safety. Fly better. Our A380 is back in the skies, so let's get back to the things we've missed. Fly to your next destination with confidence, knowing that your health and safety is our top priority at every step. And we'll even give you free COVID-19 cover while you're away. Emirates. Arsenal official partner. Sky Sports. Watch it live. Feel it all. Future. Forever faster. Humor. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.